0: podcasting from a sex writing cave somewhere in the middle of the internet. This is the Smutlancer show, a weekly podcast where we discuss writing about sex and getting paid to do it. The Smut Lancer podcast is hosted by Kayla Lords and Molly Moore, two sex bloggers who have more ideas than they have time in the day. If this is your first time listening. Glad to have you. If you're back for another week, welcome back. The Smut Lancer podcast is produced weekly, except during those times when we finally admit we need a mini vacation. Show notes are found at
1: thesmutlancer.com. When you're ready to take your smutlancing career to a new level, join the Lancers community on patreon for as little as five dollars per month you can ask questions get answers and interact with both molly and kayla and an entire community of other people
0: who create content about sex and want to get paid to do it head over to patreon.com slash the smutlancers that's patreon.com slash the smutlancers to learn more Welcome back to the Smut Lancer podcast with me, Molly Moore, and again, um, my sharing this space with my husband, Michael. Hello. <laughs> so, um, we're going to talk about stats um, on your blog in a minute, but we just wanted to start off with a few words because after the last topic where we talked about um, advertising, Um, and sponsored content and we talked about no follow and do follow links um, because Google likes to constantly be tweaking and changing and developing since that podcast was published things have changed so we just wanted to revisit that topic briefly and talk a little bit about the new um, way of tagging stuff which Google has come up with which is where instead of tagging it Um, nofollow, you can now tag it as sponsored content. So, Michael.
1: So, I I wish I could tell you exactly what sponsored means. (laughs) Uh, I've read all the things that Google has written about this, which is remarkably little. Um, And they're going to change how they handle nofollow and the new sponsored rel. Rel equals... Something it. or right, right. So, um, what they have uh, suggested is that they will treat those differently in some unspecified way <laughs> where they will consider whether to follow that link. No follow will still mean. No follow. Right. But sponsored might mean something else. Something else. And as far as I can tell, no one is really quite sure what that is. Uh They just said they will consider the links differently. But that sponsored is a perfectly acceptable uh, way of telling Google that this is sponsored content. Mm -hmm. And, um, of course, that doesn't really change whether you should market in some way, you definitely still need to. You just have another option to try. And as soon as I have an opportunity, I will try uh, using sponsored and see if I can determine what change that might make by looking at how the site gets crawled by the bots that go and look at these things. So um, it's just another option uh, that Google has really just come out with. So. Stay tuned, and as soon as I know more, well, we can certainly share that.
0: But you would be saying from this point onwards to use that tag?
1: I would, yeah. My suggestion would be um, do follow, obviously, is the default. Yeah. And you want that for people that you are proud to say and happy to say, this is good content. And that
0: haven't paid. And
1: haven't paid, and so go do that. And if there's, you know, if you've linked to something you know, awful that you want to link to as an example, um, or some place where you don't want that uh, those bots to continue on and search through that other link that you have. No follow will be the right answer for paid sponsored content. And remember, payment doesn't mean actual money; it can just mean they gave you a toy. Yeah. Um, I plan to use sponsored going forward until I hear differently from them.
0: Right, and just a quick example in case people are confused. So, say for example, you wrote an a piece on your blog um, where you wrote it inspired by something else that um, you had read somewhere. Say for example, in a um, publication that you think is pretty abhorrent. Um, let's we could mention Breitbart, for example you wouldn't want to link to them and give them follow juice. But you obviously want to say, I'm writing this article in response to this awful piece of nonsense I read here. And that would be an example when you would use nofollow because you're linking to them, but you're actually saying, don't, don't pick this link up. So just if people are confused, that's now how you would use nofollow in that example. Okay, so maybe more on that in the weeks to weeks and months to come as that develops and Google perhaps becomes clearer, or probably in Google's case less clearer about what any of this means. <laughs> so let's turn to our actual topic this week, which was we were gonna we're gonna talk about stats, so I Used to have, I had a time where I was a bit of what I would call a stats whore. I used to look at them all the time, and I eventually realized that it wasn't particularly healthy or good for me, that I was becoming kind of slightly obsessed, and also it was almost affecting my mood. So small changes in it would upset me. Obviously, a small positive changes would make me happy. But then, you know, they'd be like, oh, well, where's everybody gone today? Or why is it low at the moment? Or um, it took me a little while. So I was very, very focused on stats for not a particularly long time, but had a short, quite intense period of it. And then I realized that it was doing me no good. And so I really basically just stopped. Um, And now... I barely look at them. I look at my WordPress dashboard stats now and then, sometimes also to inform me about what I'm going to write, which I perhaps will come we can come back, we can circle back around to how you can use that. But um, so, cuz kind of now I just look at it in a kind of out of interest way every now and then where I'm like, oh, I wonder I should have a look or how did or if I'm have a particular post that I'm interested like that seemed to do really well on social media, has that converted to traffic. So I will look in that case. But as a regular habit of looking, I have completely gotten rid of it because I had become overly focused on that and it had made me started to make me anxious at times. Not a good thing. I know I'm in a very lucky position that actually, essentially what happened is that someone else took over looking at them for me. And he's sitting right next to me. Um, and so I'm in a very lucky position where I can say, I don't want to keep looking at this stuff. So you, if it, or you're okay with you, you look at it. And if there's things I need to know, then you can tell me. I appreciate that that's not the case for a lot of people and that I'm in a very lucky position to have someone to do that with. But I would say if you do have somebody in your life where that is maybe possible, um, and you find that looking at the stats thing is starting to have that effect on you, then go down that route because it's actually worked very well for us, I think, and certainly for me. Um, But if that's not the case and you don't have somebody who you could do that with, then I suggest writing yourself a kind of um, plan or promise about how you're going to do it and what you're going to do. That's if you find this, if you find yourself becoming overly obsessed and absorbed with it. So set yourself some boundaries. Be like, I only look at this once a week. I only look at it once a fortnight or once a month. And these are the things I look at and this is why I'm doing it. So that you're not constantly in there every day, watching your stats, looking at what's happening spending hours because you can literally fall down the stats rabbit hole and waste hours and hours of your time obsessively watching it so if that's something that you're going to do then I suggest writing yourself a really good plan of that's kind of like a rules for you and how you're going to look at it and when you're going to look at it so that you don't do that but let's talk a little bit now about go on yep
1: before we get rush away to to other parts yeah. um the stats that we're talking about the wordpress stats require the jetpack plugin yes. to be installed so if you're wondering why you don't have that sort of thing perhaps you don't have jetpack installed and that requires a wordpress.com account no big deal uh to install that and it's free uh, but you have to be careful because. They want you to pay money, so when you do go to install it, they're going to show you three big bars of cheap and more expensive and really expensive, and then a tiny little button that's underneath that says, start for free, and obviously, uh, start for free, uh, because (laughs) why pay money if uh, you don't need the other things? And mostly, I have found you don't need the other things. So, uh, install and configure Jetpack, it's pretty straight ahead. And then you can see those stats if you don't see them already.
0: Okay, so there you go. If you're not seeing WordPress stats, that's why. Install the Jetpack plugin and you'll see your WordPress stats. But there are way more stats than that that we can look at. So, should we talk about that? Because So, this has come from somebody who asked questions, which was basically assessing and understanding stats from our blog. So perhaps we should talk about the different places where we can get stats from on top of your WordPress dashboard Jetpack plugin, which gives you some pretty good basic, but also basic stuff. It certainly is good for looking at things like how did that post do? You can like see how much traffic that post got. You can see like where people came from, clicks in, clicks out. Um, and stuff
1: like that. And the stats over time as well, so that you could say, hey, for all my blog posts forever, what's the most popular one? And, you know, what was the the tail like? You know, you get that spike at the beginning, and then the stats kind of tail off, and then sometimes they pick up again. And that's something called long tail content, where uh, it probably – won't do as it did as well as it did when you first posted it, but that can actually happen where it suddenly gets discovered or picked up someplace mm-hmm. else, and all of a sudden there's a big burst. But it gives you an idea of what content performs well over time. And as I always say with this, don't get too lost in this because you don't want to write content for stats. You want to write content that appeals to your readers. And I'd like to say that it doesn't matter if you have a hundred readers or a thousand readers, but to some folks it does. but if you're writing to get a message or an idea across uh you you wanna write content that is that is you that is correct that isn't written um just because it generates clicks, and you know there's so much that goes into writing that content that does that write the content that's dear to you that's important to you that matters to you and so it's easy to start looking at these things and Mm -hmm. think well i need to write more about this and you may need to write more about this but uh, you know again you don't get trapped into that well i always have to write this because that's what makes clicks come through and clicks are not the same as people actually reading your stuff okay Uh, And that's one of the things that you'll get in some of these other stat packages. And so we'll talk about Google Analytics, which is the big one. And Google Analytics is fantastic. It's free for most parts of it. And it will give you more information than you know what to do with. And that's the problem with Google (laughs) Analytics, is because it is so information-dense and rich, and how you have your Google Analytics dashboard configured can either lead you down a rabbit hole of, wait, what's this, and what's this, what's this, because not only do you know countries, but you know genders, and you know income brackets, and you know what part of the world far more granularly that they came from, and a ton of other information, you know, how old are most of your readers, and all that kind of stuff. It's good to know that stuff, and it's important to know that stuff, and especially when somebody comes along and says, hey, we want to put a sponsored post on your blog, but we want to know what's your average daily readership and you know uh, how well do most of your posts perform and what is your demographics of gender and mm-hmm. so forth. Um, but the thing that they don't pay attention to that I think is the important thing is your bounce rate. Mm-hmm. And right next to that is the time they spent on your site. The object of the game is to get them to read your content. And if they're regular repeat readers, well, they're going to have a high bounce rate. And bounce rate means they've come and walked looked at one page and then, come. And, and then gone. Um, and you need to look at the time on the site next to that because bounce rates can be pretty high. Because if you have, if most of your readers are ongoing readers right. they they're not going they've read hopefully most of your stuff and are going to go away and well people have short attention spans and some of them will go away anyway but if you look at that and you say well they've spent you know 10 minutes on my site you go okay that's a good number even though the bounce rate is high they're reading the content and if you trick people to come and read your content because you've written a clickbaity title or you've written to what you think SEO will work really well, um, you're losing your readers and they're not going to come back because they're going to go, that was awful. And uh, there's a lot of stuff I read where the headline promises to explain or tell me a story. Yeah. And I go and I read it and I go, yeah, you didn't do that. Yeah. And so I don't go back because I know that all they want is my click. That one number is all that matters to them, and they're not writing good content. So content first, and then figure out what within your content might be your niche. And that's a great thing for using stats for, is to see what your readers tend to like, what kind of reviews or stories or personal expositions that you're doing work for them. Um, And so Google Analytics can help as well as its partner thing, which is Google Webmaster. And that's something even if you are not interested in stats or Google Analytics, you need to do anyway. You need to log in to Google Webmaster and sign up for an account and submit your site's XML file, which is something that is generated by pretty much every single WordPress site out of the box. And if you use Yoast, they'll even tell you where it is and you enter that information in and submit it. And what you're doing is you're telling Google, here is all my content, go and look at all this stuff so that when somebody searches for me, they'll find me. And it also tells you the search terms that people use to find you and how many clicks you got from that. And that can be really helpful in knowing what people are searching for that brings them to you and that's not something you'll get from wordpress stats very much because google has made it very hard for other people to get that information so google webmaster is a very important thing to go along with it um yes
0: well how do people get those so how does if people are going okay what they've not got any clue they've not started with google analytics or webmaster a really quick guide to how you get that shit
1: going. The, the quickest way that I set it up is first you have to sign up for this account. So you go to your log into Google. So hopefully you have a Gmail account or if you don't create one mm-hmm. and then go to um, analytics.google.com and sign in there. And they're going to tell you some stuff that it is the old fashioned kind of harder way to do it. I tend for most people to use a plugin called Monster Insights that kind of does it for you. Once you're logged in, you go and you download the plugin and you install it to your website and you say, I want to connect. And it will, since you're already logged into Google, go, ah, is this the site you're talking about? And you select it and away you go. Uh, It's pretty straight ahead. Um, Google Webmaster. you don't really need to link that to your blog, but you should sign up for that account and submit your sitemap and look at those stats as well. Um, but the, I find Monster Insights to be a really quick way and it gives you a little preview of your Google Analytics stuff, stuff in your WordPress dashboard so that if only you, you only want kind of the surface stuff of Google Analytics, Monster will pull that into your website and show that in your dashboard so that you can go there and not, uh, get lost in like uh, the real time, uh, which shows you your visitors on your site in real time and what part of the world they're from and what they're looking at. And it's it's not quite as mesmerizing as it used to because it used to connect with Google Earth. And yeah. so the little picture of the globe would jump to where everyone was. And you could sit and watch that for hours. Yeah. Just, you know, especially- That was a rabbit hole. Yeah. That was a rabbit
0: hole. And I would say definitely go and have a look at your uh, live- um stuff um particularly if you've just put say you've just put something on social media or you've just posted something um don't get lost in it don't do it all the time but go and have a look now and then it is a fascinating thing to sit there and literally watch the people kind of come in the door and go back out again and oh my god there's you know there's 40 of them now or whatever and um as those numbers kick over it's just a fun thing to do now and then um because it's like a cool bit of cool thing but yeah don't get lost in it so okay so we've got the three things Mm.
1: well those are the big ones let me let me just run quickly through the rest yeah and then we can talk about other other parts of this so remember and i know this is hard for many people to believe, but there are other search engines than google there are i know it's hard (laughs) to believe um the other ones that you can, uh, do sort of similar things with is Bing and Yahoo, mm-hmm. both of which have a webmaster thing. I doubt that you've ever looked at those stats, uh, but I do and I've set them up. And really, you just go to Bing webmaster and Yahoo webmaster and set those up as well. It's a pretty straightforward process. They'll, they'll walk you through it. Um, and then there's the new kid open source on the block that's called Matomo. For those people that are listening that are very privacy minded, you have to realize that Google tracks all these people coming to your website when you turn on Google Analytics. That's the only way you get any information. And some folks thought that that was a bit intrusive. So they wrote a open source package of software that allows you to do this without adding all of the cookies and trackers and beacons and all those things that Google Analytics do. And it's called Matomo. Um, And I have actually set up a Matomo server and um, clients that are using it that are in industries where the privacy is more important than the data that you would normally gather through that. It is remarkably similar to Google Analytics, but it is much more respectful uh, depending on how you set it up because you get to decide on what information you track from those people i mean i know we've all had that experience where we've searched for something on google and then for the next two weeks you see ads for this thing you searched for in, in all of your web browsers i don't because i use an ad blocker but most people do and so if you are particularly sensitive to that kind of stuff if you're a privacy data nut like I am, then maybe Matomo's the way for you. And if you'd like to try it out, I uh, am offering, since it's hosted on my server space, um, a uh, very low-cost way for you to try this out if you want to do that. Um, yeah, and you can get in touch, and I can help you set that stuff up. Uh, beyond that, there's DuckDuckGo uh, from my home state and home area of Pennsylvania, who offer no way to enter any side of uh, site site stats stuff. You can't get any stats from them. But it is a search engine to keep in mind. And you should go and visit DuckDuckGo and plug in your site name just to make sure you're set up and registered there. Um, it's hard to fix because they don't really talk to anybody about anything, they just do their thing. But they are uber privacy oriented. They don't do any cookies, they don't do any tracking. Um, and is becoming a more popular search engine. Um, the browser that I use on my phone defaultly uses them as the search engine because it not only blocks ads and all that stuff, but it keeps no history of my search. So that DuckDuckGo is good. It's just something to be aware of. Not much you can do about that.
0: Okay. So we've kind of got an overview of where you can get stats from, what you can do, to start building this information. So you've you've got your Google, you've got your dashboard, whatever it is you're doing, and now you've got all this information at your fingertips. So let's talk about kind of understanding what some of that information means and assessing it. Like, what are the key things that you would say, particularly perhaps somebody who's new to this or relatively new, What are the things you would say, like, because there's so much, right? Right. It's a needle in a haystack. You could literally spend hours looking at this stuff, trying to work out what all of it means. So where would you suggest people kind of started to look and the things that is maybe useful to look at?
1: Um, The initial landing page you get when you log in uh, contains kind of a snippet of stuff that shows you your stats uh, defaultly um, when you log in over the last seven days. And um, if you're looking for longer trends, you can change the date range and it will show you that over, over longer uh, periods of time. But if you're kind of you know regularly looking and just wanna keep an eye on things, that initial dashboard gives you a pretty clear snapshot of what's going on. Um, as I said, the, the things t- to really look at are your bounce rate and the time on site. Those um, tell you how engaged your readers are and maybe a little bit about what type of readers they are. So um, once you see those things, you can kind of get an idea. If your bounce rate is like sky high
0: what what would you call a sky high figure roughly? Oh, if it's, it's
1: you know eighty ninety somewhere in percent in that range, then maybe you're missing the boat, but if it, certainly fifty to sixty five percent is completely common and nothing to be concerned about because a lot of people have regular readers and they're gonna come and, and read go, the one
0: thing yeah. that they didn't read that they've just that you've just published and then they'll be gone again, so that makes sense. Um, I, that's one, I just wanted to say that's one of the reasons I like the random post widget in the sidebar because I find that even regular readers still something flashes up there in that random post widget that they've missed from the past um, and that will actually encourage people to click around and um, as I said, even regular readers, I often get comments from people on a post who are like, oh, I saw this in your sidebar and I'd never read it before and I read it today and blah, 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 blah. Um, and they're often regular readers. So um, it, that's a good thing to have there because it actually, again, tries to lower that bounce rate number a bit.
1: It, it will also show you how you inquire users and it calls something called traffic channel. And then there's a kind of a graph. That shows you day by day over that period you've selected how you get most of your, how most people find you. And there's tabs across the top that show you source and medium. So source would be like, for example, Google. (coughs) Excuse me. And then it will say after that organic. Which means that somebody used Google to search for you and it wasn't an ad that they clicked on. That's the difference between organic and not. Okay. Okay. Um, then there's direct slash none, which means they just typed in your URL and went directly to you. Yeah. Um, then there is things uh, like uh, referrals and things like that, where things will come from Instagram and Twitter and other websites that have you. And those are called referrals. And you can get a pretty good idea of how much traffic you get per day from these various different places. Yeah. Um, and it's good to share with your friends. Mm -hmm. Uh, um, so if you have a site and you have a blog role um, you're promoting their content Um, and you should think long and hard about that blog role because you want it to be a reflection as we've both always said of what you actually read yes Um, and not and, and a bit of diversity helps okay like you don't want to link to your home improvement blog that you like from there because it's not Relevant to most people, what you're doing. I mean, don't get me wrong. There are occasions in a post where you'll mention, you know, Home Depot or B and Q because you've made some Mm -hmm. hitty thing from them. But mostly, you want it to be people that you actually read. Mm -hmm. And and for sex toy reviewers, so many of you, if I look at your blog roll, I think all you read were sex toy reviews. Which, I mean, I understand keeping an eye on the other people that do these kind of things. But is that really what you're? your reading. I mean, if it is, okay, but surely you must like something else. Mm-hmm. And you want those people represented there. So hopefully if they read you too, you get that back. And we make this big web of interconnecting links that Google looks at and other places look at and go, ah, these people are all linking to each other. They're a form of community. And so that refers can help you and help you find places that you didn't know were linking to you. Mm-hmm. You know, and we get that all the time where we go, oh, this person is linking to me. I wonder what they're all about. And you find new people and you might like what they do. Um, right next to that, you'll have uh, where they come from by country. Um, and, you know, in spite of Molly being based in the UK, uh, most of her readership is in the U.S., Not terribly surprising considering the population difference, Mm -hmm. Um, but you can, you know, you get a nice little map around the world showing you all stuff, and then next to that, they show you the time of day where most people come and read your site. Mm -hmm. Also useful information for deciding when to publish your posts Right. to maximize for that readership. Uh, Then, you know, top pages. Um, Active users, how they trend over time. Are they going up? Are they going down? Uh, Don't get obsessed with this. Uh, Remember, seasonal things really affect this. Yes. You know, oftentimes in the run-up to Christmas and Christmas to New Year, there's kind of a drop. I mean, there can certainly can be. And in certainly the summertime when everybody's on vacation slash holiday... Um, that can be have yeah
0: an so uh, so p- for me, at times when I know not to be not to panic is once oddly the Fourth of July comes around in America, mm-hmm. um, t- things tend to drop off then um, and and graphs can start to nose down a bit during that period from it through the rest of July and into August. and then September, there's nearly always a little punch back up as people kind of get back into their routines um, and stuff like that. Christmas can be a funny one, actually. It can often be a little bit quiet prior beforehand. But once everybody's then off on their Christmas break, it can actually pick back up again um, quite quickly, as obviously people are sitting around at home, um, not not gone away on holiday, but also not at work, um, can actually um, punch back up again. So look at those graphs over a longer period of time. Don't be like, oh my goodness, what's happened this month? Like, look back on those graphs over the space of a year and even, you know, the previous year, because then you will start to see patterns emerge that actually mean that you're less worried because you're like, oh, okay, it's the summer dip um, rather than everybody's abandoned me um, kind of thing.
1: Um, Google Analytics dashboard is extensive and down the left-hand side is all kinds of menu items. Um I recommend that at least occasionally you go down to demographics and, you know, click on the overview It will show you kind of, and it's very binary. Sorry about this. They only list male and female, uh, what your readership is um, and where the spikes are. Uh, It tends for most people to be in the 25 to 34 range, but that can vary depending on your content and site. Um, there are some other things to poke through here just to look around and see things uh, like interests. Uh, Google purports to uh, tell you what the your readers are interested in because they base that on their search patterns and history so that they can say, you know, that 4% are shoppers. Um,
0: Which isn't surprising when you look at then the the, the age group, because right. most of that age group shop online. Like none of this is rocket
1: science. right? right? And, and so you poke through those and, you know, behavior, behavior can get, you can get really, really lost in behavior if you're a geek because, you know, new versus returning uh, tells you the ratio of people um, that are new visitors or returning visitors. And depending on your site, um, it can be really high one way or the other. Um, you want people to come back. That's always the goal, but there's always going to be a number of people who have stumbled across you and go, this isn't for me. Mm -hmm. You know, I I mean, my, uh, because of what I do, um, My reading choices are very different from my work choices or like, Mm -hmm. for example, there's lots of blogs in the top 100 list that I go and read that I only read for the top 100 list. Right. You know, because it's not my stuff. Sure. You know, it's not the thing where I'm sitting down going, I know, I'll go read some guy on guy stuff. That's just not for me. Right. So, uh, you know, um, but the things that your readership does, they're going to be people that come and go. Um, so mostly, you want to think about a how to find new places to reach readers. Yeah, and that's a whole podcasting episode all, all of its own. Yeah, of memes and all that other stuff, and you know Reddit and places like that um, that will get you returning new new excuse me new people, and hopefully to convert them into
0: regular readers. regular
1: readers, and that's really the key is you want a steady base of people and this can help you identify that kind of stuff
0: okay so we have i mean understanding stats from our blog we've kind of i feel like we've kind of covered that i think one of the things i want to say is um as a general rule really what you would like to see is a at least a slight upward trend on a kind of semi-regular basis but certainly a A holding pattern where you have a steady number is also something to be happy about because that means you have regular readership, similar regular readership. And that's then informs you because it's like, actually, I've got this really good, solid base of readers who's roughly the same. The number stays roughly the same. My stats are very Flatlined, they might be at a certain level but they're not really growing and so then that can make you go okay so what i need to do at this point is to work on bringing some new readers in to lift that up a bit um so that's how you can look at those kinds of things and of course as michael said then that's really a whole other topic about how to bring new readers to your blog um maybe we should write that down as an idea of something to um talk about so um this question then carried on and they asked good or bad stats what hurts and helps stats so i mean good or bad stats is like how long's a piece of string because your stats are your stats and my stats are mine what would be bad for me might be great for you if you particularly if you're a new blogger and perhaps your readership is small you would possibly look at a bad day for me and be like crap i would be think that was a happy day so um, it's kind of horses for courses. That's why you need to look at it and know what your situation is so you can assess then whether like this is good or bad. As I said, some anything that constantly or has a, a general upward trend is certainly a positive thing to see.
1: Uh, I will mention that um, Google from time to time uh, screws with the universe. Yes. And they change their algorithms that handle search. Um, almost always, it is detrimental to adult blogs. Um, sometimes short term, sometimes longer term. Um, don't panic um, when you see that. Um, it, it's not worthwhile. There's nothing you can do to fix it because if Google says, you know what, we want to deprioritize adult searches, that's what they're going to do. Yeah. Um, and that's when these other methods of getting readers and reaching people. Can
0: it's really important. really important. So building your community yep. um, but at some point, maybe we should probably talk about newsletter type stuff as well, but yes. So having get pulling in your readers from elsewhere. So not just be completely reliant on search yep. um, to bring stuff is, re- I think more important with adult content than with probably any other content yep. on the, on the web really um, because it could um looking at it in a doom and gloom way it is potentially possible that google could be like actually we're going to completely delist anything that we deem to be adult um in which point search and seo and stuff like that for adult content certainly on google is going to become a pointless exercise my suspicion is then you know one of the other for example, Bing is actually much more yeah, um, yeah. adult-friendly. Friendly. Yeah. Um, if you search for images on Bing, you'll get much more graphic stuff than you would on Google because Google just refuses to
1: deliver. Even, even with safe search off in Google, yeah, you, the, the results you'll get are, are fairly minimal, yeah. whereas Bing will give you all the yeah. hardcore. So a little,
0: little exercise just to prove this. Go to Google, type in um, Blowjob, yep. and click on the Image tab. And then if you do the same in Bing and type on the image tab, that should give you a fairly good um, example of what we're talking about, that the images that you'll get returned for in Google will be – you'll probably get a few, and then there'll be, like, weird things and, and like, stuff like that, whereas you'll find the images on Bing, you'll get a lot more of them, and there'll be a lot more graphic. And so that's all, that is a very visual representation of how the two work differently um, – so it may be eventually we get to a space where Google and all the Google stuff could maybe, and I'm not scaremongering. I'm just saying could become fairly a fairly useless place for anybody creating adult content, um, which is why have other strings to your bow, and maybe we'll talk about some of those strings in a further episode in the
1: future. So. Good stats and bad stats, I, I just in case they don't mean good numbers and bad numbers. Yes. There there are no bad stats. It's just information. There are no good stats. They might make you feel good or they might make sure. you feel bad, but it's just information to help you learn about your audience. I mean, there are better ways. This is just one way to reach about audiences that don't communicate with you because hopefully you have lots of really lovely comments either positive or negative, that tell you something about what you've written. Um, That's interaction, that's the the gold star. You want that interaction. But for the people that don't interact, and there are lots of them, um, you want to know something about them so that maybe you can turn them into people who want to interact with you, that you can find that area where they seem to respond to and have more conversations in that area. And a helpful tool for that um, and really quickly, because Google Webmaster is its own thing, which talks about that sitemap I talked about earlier and how Google knows what content you have. Um, it's a good place to find those search terms that people are using to find you and how many clicks that gives you, and something called impressions. So the site I have up here isn't relevant to this, it just happens to be okay. the one I logged into. I was
0: looking to see if it was mine. So no, it doesn't happen those to be words yours. Were.
1: But it will show you um, about 10 things on the first page, but there are thousands of pages, and how many clicks you got and impressions. And what that means is um, when they you search for this, how many links come up that link to your site based on these search terms? Okay. Not that they've clicked on them, no. but these are potential outcomes they could have seen. Yeah. And then there are... Um, counters that you can see that show you where you rank, what your page rank is for that particular search term. Um, and you want to, if if you can, kind of be on that first page. That's always the goal because unlike me, I am probably the only person in the world that goes back through Google to page 20 in search results to find what I'm looking for. <laughs> Most people at best look at that first page of Google results. And if the answer they want for, are looking for, isn't there, they're done looking. Right. You know? Um, and a ton of you people, I can't tell you the number of people that don't go to com, but go to Google and type in mollysdailykiss.com. In Google. I, in and Google. And then use that
0: to click on the link. All yeah.
1: right. I mean, uh, okay. That's what the kids do these days. Mm-hmm. But, um, Uh, I see you. (laughs) I judge you. (laughs) And so you want to know where you rank so that you know that you rank well for certain keywords. And so that you, if you can naturally use them in other posts.
0: Right. Okay. Because that's something I wanted to then go on to was like how we can use some of this information to inform what we do, um, particularly perhaps the content that we write. So um one of the things to think about is to not necessarily be looking at the posts that you made this week or last week or even last month but to look back deeper into your archives obviously that depends on how long you've been blogging um you may have only been blogging a few months in which case you can only go back so far but often the posts that you make yesterday or last week are not going to be potentially maybe over a longer period of time your most read posts and that's where i actually quite like the wordpress dashboard because with jetpack it will show you like stuff for the last seven days the last month is it then the last three months and the last year i want to say this i think i
1: think that's right yeah
0: and so i actually one of the things i do quite a lot is i look at the the longer things, so I tend to look at like the last year or else even I also look at something which is they call all time, which is ever since you started doing it, to look at like what is at the top. Now, some things I just, I'm like, okay, I expect to see them there. Some of the pe- static pages that are there all the time, like my photography page, that's right up there in, uh, in you know, in what gets looked at regularly. And there's not much that I can do informing that, apart from to make sure that that page always looks good, that it's got plenty of links on it, that because people go there, they're obviously looking for images. So make sure that page is working. It's it's a page that lots of people go to when they visit my site. My suspicion is mostly new readers who come read a post and then see an image and then they're like, "Oh, more pictures. So they click on the page that says photography, Um, So it's really important because that page is really, really popular on my blog that I make sure that that page always looks good, is relevant, change the images now and then, blah, blah, blah. So it helps me in that sense, even for those pages where there's not much I can write new there, but I can make sure that they look good and that they're delivering the content that the title implies that they do. But then you can start looking at actual blog posts that bubble to the top once you've kind of discarded all those things where you're like okay well that's a that's that that's that 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 doesn't really count oh what's this so I have a uh post that I wrote back and I want to say I'd have to double check but I'm pretty sure it was in 2011 um about wearing a butt plug kind of out in public and all day um because For whatever reason, because Google is Google and these things happened and whatever, they, that post is, remains to this day one of the most popular, most read posts on my site, like way and above loads of other things because it found a good, nice space in basically in Google search. And so when people search for something similar, those similar words, that obviously comes up fairly well. It ranks fairly well. It's a self-fulfilling prophecy, of course. It ranks really well. People go to it. Therefore, that just fulfills that that circle back to itself. But here's where that information is useful. You can look and go, okay, that is doing really well over a long period of time. So there are posts that will do very well, for a week or two weeks or a month or so. But it's the what can be of interest is those posts that do really well over a very long period of time. So, two, four, six years after you posted them, they remain in the top, let's say 10 or 20 of your posts. This is really useful information. Make sure. So, here's what to do with those things make sure, number one, that that post. Is the best thing it can be that it looks good. Go back there regularly. Make sure images aren't broken on it. Make sure links aren't broken on it. Make sure that you're happy with what you wrote there. That it's not something where you're like, oh my god, I wrote that eight years ago when I was when I wasn't as knowledgeable as I am now. And something that I've written there is wrong. Like you can edit that. You can put edit note. I'm updating this because I wrote that back then, and I've since learned that actually this is a better practice. So I'm putting that in. So be mindful of those things. Make sure that on that page, there are links to other things that you have written that are relevant to why people are coming there. So in this case, we're talking about wearing a butt plug all day or wearable butt plugs or those kinds of things. Look at that and be like, As a result of that, Michael nagged me for a very long time uh, to write a follow up post to that, which was basically because that post had been about my experience. And so as a result, I wrote a follow up post to that, which was basically a guide to wearing a butt plug all day or out and about. And that is linked on that page. So it's like, if, and I, at the bottom, I say, if you have come here looking for useful information on how to do this thing, click here. So I've given them another thing to go to that's relevant so make sure that you have something else so if you've written a post and you see that bubbling up like two years later you're like okay this post still remains really popular and it was about i don't know give me an example it was about orgasm denial you wrote a post about an orgasm denial experience you have and it keeps coming bubbling back up to the top it's say in your top 20 be like okay that's popular Have I written more about that subject? It may be that you haven't. Why not? Write more about that subject. Write another post about orgasm denial. Refer back to that post. You could literally then write a thinky post about orgasm denial. Why does it work for you? You could write another experience post. Maybe you haven't had another orgasm denial experience. Why is that? Write those posts. Make sure that you cross link within your blog back and forth to these things. All these things help Your stats, Google likes to see, they like to see internal linking where you're writing relevant content and linking back and forth to it. So use that information to inform you to be like, I should think about that topic again. I should come back to that topic again. Um, As a result of that, I recently, mm, this year or last year, this year, I wrote a series of um, butt plug stories, Mm -hmm. mini um, vignettes Three little vignette, butt plug stories. Um, As a result of that, again, cross-linking, you know, it was relevant. And that's actually, I noticed, done okay, actually. And is gaining traction, SEO, where people are googing, googing, whatever they're doing in googing, for (laughs) butt plug stories. So use that information to perhaps inform what you're going to write. Do not, however become like hyper-focused and be like, okay, now all my content is about orgasm desire, for example, because that also isn't going to serve you. But make sure that you have kind of fed that beast to a certain extent and cross-link that. And I will say, I put it in the show notes, actually, um, that Mrs. Fever, who blogs at uh, mrsfever.com, um her blog's called temperatures rising i will link to it she's actually written quite a good little guide that's similar to what i've been saying it's called creating content how to use your stats when you're stumped so you using your stats when you're like i don't know what to write i feel like i've got nothing left to write about i feel like i've got nothing left to say or you know or i'm having a writer's block whatever that problem is your stats can be a really great way of like shifting you out of that because you can go and look back through those things. Like, what is my top 20 posts? Oh, that's interesting. That's in there. I've never written about that subject again. I wrote about the time I gave him a foot job. I've never written about foot jobs again. Perhaps I should do that. What could I write about about that subject? Because obviously people have come there for that. It's in my top 20. I'm just using it as an example.
1: By the way, I've never no.
0: had a foot job. <laughs> I don't think I can see his face. Like... But do you want one? I'm good. You sure? Yeah. I mean, I've never written about it. (laughs) I feel like it's a, you know...
1: I'm sure you can find a willing (laughs) victim.
0: So, yeah. See, maybe you can even use your stats to inform your sex life. (laughs) Because you'd be like, I don't have anything about this. We should do it. Um... So, yes, I'll link to Mrs. Fevers because she is talking about a very similar thing and how she goes about it and how you can then come up with ideas um, and how you can see what your readers are interested in and be like, oh, that's interesting. That can import. Maybe I can write something else related to that topic because it was very popular for whatever reason. So I'll link to that post because I actually thought it was a pretty good guide. I think you read it too. It's, she actually has written it very well. Um, it's very useful have i like is there anything or do we feel like oh there's there's i a... mean we could yeah. okay this is another one of those topics where we could do a probably a 3 hour podcast on this so i feel like we're going to give it back to you listeners like we've we've scratched the surface here ask us questions and we will attempt like deeper dives on any of these subjects. Or sign up
1: for my Patreon and I'll give you a personal lesson on SEO and setting it up and how to use it and how to use yourself to guide it. I am a bargain.
0: Yes, he is. Very cheap. Um, Same, sign up to the Smut Lancer patron. And obviously you can you then get direct access to both Kayla and I, who have a wealth of this knowledge. You can just ask us directly questions in the... Slack group um, and we will do our best to respond to them and often this is a perfect example of that somebody in that group asks these questions which we have then used to inform this podcast so that's another way of doing it but yes I feel like we've given a kind of overview there is plenty more but if you come back to us with questions or comments then we can dive deeper into some of this stuff i think maybe talking about how you can use your stats to inform what you write is maybe a topic we could circle back around on in the future but i think we've given a pretty good overview of that here um go and have a look that's the thing if you're not looking at your stats do despite what i said at the beginning where i was like "Ooh, it drove me crazy and i stopped doing it You should know what's there. You should know some of these facts. Here's some questions for you that you should be able to answer kind of off the top of your head. Like, what is your most popular post of all time? Do you know the answer to that? What's your most popular post this year? What was your most popular post last year? Is that post, in fact, the same post? Or is that three different posts? Um, Do you... I oh, wonder what were the other questions you would, if we had this before, what else should people know? They should certainly know that about like what's up there in their top 10 or 20 post slash pages. As I said, some of those will be your static pages. There's not much you can do to change those, but make sure they're the best that they can be um and then start looking at the posts that are appear there why do they appear there perhaps they appear there because you linked them somewhere that's driving really good traffic so There's or nowhere. somebody else linked it somebody yeah. else said oh i read you know perhaps somebody else left your link in reddit or give me somewhere else cora or who knows anywhere some kind of other forum somewhere and as a result that's driving regular traffic Some of that, sometimes you can then be like, go and look at where that is. Can you do anything to encourage that? Can you leave another link? Sometimes you can't because that's a very organic thing that happened. But what you can then do is go, this post is getting a lot of traffic because somebody linked it somewhere so make sure that that post looks the best it can you are proud of that content there's no broken images there's no broken links and write another post and link it on that
1: page and find where it's coming from so that you can go and read it and if there's comments join in
0: yeah that's a really good idea definitely so for example reddit or cora or even just uh, another
1: blogger's website
0: even another blogger's website absolutely if somebody has linked to you said hey i you know read this really cool thing that in my case molly wrote or whatever go and sit and then they've written something as a result make sure you go and read that post and see what the comments are join in with those comments um all that stuff is really helpful useful brings people who have perhaps commented on that other stuff to you it um, shows that you're engaged as well and active in what you're doing. Um, yeah. I
1: think that's it for the time being.
0: I think we've I think we've given it a good go, as they say. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and um, yeah, now I'm off to see if persuade Michael if he really doesn't want to have a foot job. <laughs> mm.
1: <laughs> say goodbye,
0: Molly. <laughs> goodbye, Molly.
1: Bye. Bye.